0: Log Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpeed.
1: Pete, episode number 3.11, 3.11. We are live, coming to you on March the 22nd, 2012, for the Ready to Unload with Callan Pete radio sports talk podcast type program. Live from Bayside, New York, live from Comac, New York, live from Freehold, New Jersey, and doing my best toady from Raiders of the Lost Ark. What? Shall we talk about? (laughs) Uh, Let's welcome in. Let's let's do this because I I can't I can't think of a bigger week of sports uh, of happenings. You know, two things happened in the sports world this week for Cal and I that are monstrous. They're they're absolutely huge, and we were all set and prepared. Well, all right. Let's talk, Cal, my partner in crime, my partner in crime, my partner in all that stuff. Calniva, Calpino caliente? Hi Brian. Hi. Hi, what's going on? Yeah, it's been a busy week. I mean, ufa.
2: Hey, hey, hey.
1: <laughs> Ay, caramba.
2: <laughs> Oye. ve. Ay,
1: Dios mío. Yeah, it's <laughs> been one
2: of those it's been one of those weeks.
1: It's just we were all set. I think we were going to talk about the Will ponds. And and the court decision on Monday that has to be viewed as a victory for the Wilpons, um, and 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 that was huge, and and the, they're going to be able to keep the Mets and the whole Mishpoka to completely keep going with the uh, the Yiddish. <laughs> but um and then all of a sudden the Jets say no 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 no, no. what? The Jets go and trade for Tim Tebow. <sighs> What in the wild wild world of sports is going on here, Bri? I I I don't even know. I don't understand it. I don't pretend to understand it. It's that it doesn't it's not real, is it? It's almost as if it's not real. I don't understand it. It's got to have something to do with the Mayans, right? I, it really has to be the end of the world. I mean, everything
2: that's happening.
1: <laughs> I'll give you the I'll give you the two reasons I know One of the reasons I know it's the the Mayan calendar and the world is ending on December, what is it, 21st, 2012? December 21st, yeah. Uh, Ian O'Connor, who writes for Mm ESPNNewYork.com, wrote, not one. And and keep in mind, folks, Ian O'Connor is one of my more (laughs) not-so-much-liked sports writers here in town. (laughs) Let's just say we all agree to disagree with him. Always. (laughs) Always. always he's a big Yankee shill he makes fun of the Jets at every possible time he can and he wrote not one but two articles uh for ESPN New York this week that I completely agree with what is going on in B Company I don't know uh Cal so much to talk about we obviously how how was your week everything okay I mean we had a really rough time of it in the RTU chat room (laughs) it's 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 been a long week i'm not I'm not gonna lie long I'm week I'm exhausted. oh I got I to really, today I, I had a nap <laughs> I had twitter fatigue
2: oh. I, I stayed away it. I stayed away all day i just i i've I've had enough I've had it up to here. the proverbial here here you can't see me yet. I know, yeah, we're we're getting uh, Uvu up and running so we
1: can do, uh, because we video chat while we're doing the show, so we can see each other nice.
2: So it's like we're hanging out, because I need to show you where I've had it up to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yesterday, we should tell the people, the listeners of RTU, we're going to talk about Tim Tebow, folks, for an hour, so let's do this now. Uh, Yesterday, for the first time in the two-year history of our ready-to-unload little chat room that we have, uh, and I think we've had it a year and a half, right? It's got to be a year and a half, I would say. Is that right?
2: Approximately.
1: Yeah. But we, we all had BlackBerry Messenger. So uh, – and on BlackBerry Messenger, we had a chat room, Evan, uh, Cal, and I. And and now we've added Dan since we've gone to WhatsApp. And literally, this chat room stays open at all times, and it is a place for the airing of grievances. It's like Festivus. Mm-hmm. It's uh you know we we just chat in it all day, sports, whatever, whatever's on your mind, and for the first time in the history of this chat room, things got so heated in debating Tim Tebow, Dr. stat evan being for, everyone else in America that's a jet fan being against, and I overstepped, I did, I admit it, I knew the minute I sent it, it was going to be bad news. Dr. Erasat and I have a long history of having these drop down knockout fights. Cal tried to intervene. We turned on him. <laughs> we didn't mean to. We can laugh about it now, Cal, right? Sure, it's hysterical. <laughs> oh, come on. We didn't turn on you. We didn't turn on you. Like you you tried to come in. You did accuse us of acting like 5-year-olds. Which which we were. I mean, pot, you know, if if the shoe fits, wear it.
2: Oh yeah, I know.
1: But uh, Doctor Erase that, and I uh, took this this Tebow debate to a new level. And for the first time in the history of the chat room,
2: someone left the room. Yeah, yeah I mean, that was that was a token leaving of the room. That was like, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna slam my hand down. <laughs> I'm so angry like, right now. It was symbolic. It was more symbolic than anything else. Yes, it was. It was. it was. It was literally like six minutes, <laughs> and then he turned.
1: Right. It's like when they when they're quiet at the United Nations or something. Like somebody when somebody comes up to the podium that they don't want to have speak, nobody applauds.
2: I think. I think the theme and, and the lesson out of all of this is um, uh, polarizing. Would probably be the best way to put it. It's
1: Tim Tebow, everybody. I mean look, we, we've we 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 haven't even gotten into it yet. Tim Tebow is a ridiculously polarizing uh, figure. I mean there's there's no doubt about it and that was what Wow, I said no doubt about it. Ooh, I'll put a quarter in. Sorry. I haven't said that in like a year though. Gotta give me credit. I know you hate the no doubt about it. It's, it's a it's a terrible terrible cliched sports talk radio usage anyway he's unbelievably uh divisive and he wasn't even here yet <laughs> We did this all day yesterday, and the trade hadn't even been completed uh and i the funny thing is okay so cal let's let's frame it this well should we bring in pop culture p j first and then get into it no. All right, bring him in. I'd, I'd love to hear his take. It's pretty, well, we don't have to get his take right now. I mean, we've got a whole show.
2: No, just his take on anything in general oh, right now. Oh, my bad. Okay. everybody has got to
1: say. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. Let's bring him in. Our producer, the Bishop PJ. Uh providing a layman's uh, cake, a layman sports fan's take. who? you know who's who's not leaving a chat room? PJ. This guy. Yeah. He's not leaving a sports talk chat room in anger. If you say something bad about Dave Gilmore, he may leave a (laughs) He's going to leave a Pink Floyd chat in anger. Oh, no doubt he has. Arguing over uh, animals Animals or something like that. Like (laughs) pig, The pig was the greatest stage prop they ever had. (laughs) <laughs> flying pay anybody who says different, where is he PJ come in here Wait, put your microphone on you're the producer for goodness sake he might not be there I did all this build up he's on hold I see he's he's in the studio uh, I'm sorry uh, yeah. I'm sorry he's, there he is is
3: what were you doing what could you be doing I am in the studio i I'm, I'm working on something <laughs> why are you yelling Cause I'm on speaker. Is that not necessary? I'll lower my voice. <laughs> why is it? Why, why could you? Why are you yelling at us? I'm sorry. I don't know how good this phone is. Do you have headphones on or something, and you're screaming? I. You know what? I'm just turning into my dad. <laughs>
1: it's Like <laughs> he's underwater. Uh, he's underwater screaming
3: at the top right. Yeah. Right. Your mother said that fennel seed is not the same as aniseed. Don't buy it. There, that one, now I'm my dad. What's up, Peach? I found out that not everything that Snopes says is true or untrue. You can't always go by Snopes. Why this?
1: <laughs> wow, I, I had no idea that the instant impression tonight would be your dad. And it would be so spot on. <laughs> Cal, ask ask PJ where his dad was when Kennedy was assassinated.
3: No, PJ, no, no, no prank call, prank call. What? Can't ask. Can't talk. Oh, my dad's got a shaky, uh, shady history when it comes to the early 1960s military service. Oh.
1: You know those derelicts that they show on in uh in uh, JFK, Cal? The yeah. one, in
3: the, the one in the middle looked a little bit too much. The
1: one, the, the one in the middle looks remarkably like a cachopo and was yelling about Snopes or aniseed or something. <laughs> your dad I always picture your dad just yelling. You know what would be great is is and not in like a bad way or an angry way. Uh, Cal, why are you doing that? He's very disturbing. <laughs> doing what? Go on. My dad
3: just likes to be heard. He does.
1: And he. Uh, we're going to tell the people uh, what great radio this is. We're going to tell the people what what Cal is doing. Oh, uh,
3: someone's he, calling me.
1: We're trying to call you on Uvu so you can see what Cal is doing on the video chat. Who is that, Are, Cal?
2: I don't know. She's left over from the birthday party, though. Oh, right. She's joining us.
1: Yep. Take a look at this, Peach. Uh, we have Uvu. We do a uh, a group chat, a video chat for the show, so we can see each other and, and sort of feel like we're in the same room.
3: And I got uh, nothing chat. on my. I think my camera's disabled, by the way, and I don't see either of you. I love this free software.
1: Your camera's
2: been disabled by your dad, who's once again
3: complaining <laughs> about free software. <laughs> That's right, baby. <Maybe. laughs> if you take the, click yeah. twice, you should hang it up because it's a good. Indication that the thing is tapped.
1: Cal, yeah, you gotta get okay, Cal was holding up like a a face of like it looks like, I don't know, was that uh Diego? No, that
2: no, it's Barbie. Oh dear. It's a Barbie. Right,
1: Barbie was in the place of Cal's face. Anyway this,
2: it's kinda like I'm looking at it, it's a little bit like Rihanna Barbie. Which is kind of disturbing in itself, <laughs> is there such a thing? Uh
1: PJ, would you ever get uh, would you ever storm out of a uh, Pink Floyd chat room?
3: Um, yeah, I, there's a lot of places I would storm out of uh, on the internet. I don't, I don't put up with the foolish people.
1: Would it, would it, uh, obviously, a sports talk one, uh, when it's just a discussion about Tim Tebow coming to the Jets, would that be one?
3: I don't know if I'd have any business being there. <laughs> <He'd> be <laughs> I don't defined? know. I wouldn't What to say?
2: P.J., define foolish person, because you said if there was a foolish person, you would storm out.
3: I would have more patience for someone who was possibly witty. I mean, if everybody's talking about one topic, and if someone's there to be witty and, and, you know, drop some bombs, that's fine. That's funny. If someone's just there to be, you know, really annoying and sort of 13, um, then I would leave. Where do you stand on inflammatory... someone who's just a provocateur? Exactly. Uh I would give him about 3 chances to join the conversation and not just be someone who's throwing Molotov cocktails at it and then I would then I'd be gone.
2: Would you would you leave or would you respond and
3: then leave? Oh, I always respond. Okay.
2: That's that's what I imagine.
3: Yeah. Before there were before there were internet chat rooms, there were things called conversations, and I always had a terrible habit of ramping up the <laughs> level of the vocabulary until it was clear that I was the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> Steve That's knows great. this. I,
1: guess, uh, I do. You you had it. You really did have it down to like a linguistic science. Of, of
3: always with your 10 dollar words. You always got to go with those.
1: Yeah, the the end of the end of any discussion like that with PJ is always uh or always includes the feeling that I I don't know where or how we got to the point where he's using words I have no idea what they mean. <laughs> and, and and I I'm pretty sure it's cheating. <laughs> Like I'm pretty sure a number of them were made up. And right, I, they, they may not sure even be words. That's right.
3: It was like I've having a, known It was like having a fight with a Scrabble board. the words together, <laughs> in a sort of Joycean uh, Portmanteau uh, type fashion. So he's doing
1: it. He's doing so he's, it again. He's doing it right now. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> PJ, uh, how much do you love that Tim Tebow's
3: a jet? I got a quote. This is the quote I'm going with. Okay. It's from Cornell West. Oh boy. You know you know that guy? I do. Big brain but with the Don King hair.
1: And the uh the diastema of the size of the Lincoln Tunnel. Yes. That's him.
3: Well, you know, we're brothers in teeth, Cornell. Um, and I. P-
1: yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't quite quite get a semi through yours, but that's okay. <laughs> I happen to the, love cornette West. I, I, the quote I,
3: is, the quote I'm is, I cannot be optimistic, but, but I am a prisoner okay. to hope. I am, say it again? I cannot be optimistic, but I am a prisoner to hope.
1: That is your feeling of Tim with Wow. First of all, you just elevated the conversation to a place that Cal and I cannot keep up.
3: And with your $10 words again, what do you want? A free soda? For God's sake. And
1: uh that's that's magnificent. I think that's exactly what every Jet fan is is going through right now. I mean I think that really sums it up.
3: Well Cornell West was not talking about the Jets, but I've decided to apply it to the Jets. Are you sure?
4: <laughs>
3: you know what? No, I'm not. Are we sure? He's down in I... prison. He could be a Jets fan, I'm sure. Here's the thing, brothers
1: and sisters, about Tim Tebow. I uh I love Cornell West. Now brother brother Sam Pete knows. Uh I love I love Cornell West on real time. I love him. Absolutely love him. He's, He's one of crime. the best. Yeah. Um that is uh that, that really I Cal, I think the best way to approach this uh and PJ too, because we do need after yesterday's debacle of a of an argument, we really do need a moderator. And and keep in mind it was not Cal and I arguing. It was uh Evan and I arguing, and I I made the classic uh, provocateur blunder, uh, and I've known Evan, as long as I've known Cal, we've known each other for 30 years, and I should have known the minute it left my mouth that this was not going to go well, especially after, a, this was at 9 o'clock on an entire day of debate, literally started debating this at like 8.30 in the morning. Well, who stormed <laughs> out? That's
3: what I missed.
1: Evan stormed out for again, very symbolic reasons. I mean he came back six minutes later. He literally did. It was it was a lot like or like the Olympics, like when one when, when a country is that nobody wants to see and they don't stand <laughs> for their national anthem. Like it was definitely for show. But I made the classic uh as Vincini would say. You made one of the classic blunders. I I said you're wrong. I didn't say, I feel you're wrong. I didn't say, I think you're wrong. I said, well, Ev, I'm sorry, you're wrong. And that, that's what set it off. Instead, if I had said, I think you're wrong, we wouldn't even be having this discussion right now.
2: At that point, you might as well have just said, uh,
1: you lost. Because that's, that's how it was. That's how it came out, yes.
2: You became who you rail against.
1: Yep, I did. Well, and, and I the, – the sad part was I wasn't frothing at the mouth. I wasn't – I didn't feel like I was irrational. I wasn't emotional. I was at the same time taking a beating on email from my giant fan quote-unquote friends. Some now, friends. Yeah, I'm now in the habit of using friends very loosely but yeah. because there's a number of my friends who seem to relish and, and, and rejoice in my misery. Uh, when it
2: comes to sports and and at some point it's kind of like kind of you know jerk i've got a i've got a thesis on that at some point if we have time tonight i'll get into it but it's it's all about negativity and why people seem to enjoy negativity so much yeah i would love to talk about that
1: in the fun load cuz i have something to that too but um
3: absolutely well, good, so we no west again. is here i think a thesis is in order that's right <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But he
1: uh, but I I made the classic mistake of not putting I think before it. Had I put I think, we
2: would have been fine. So it's I did. very it's very difficult for that kind of situation to occur via a chat on your tel- on your cell phone. Absolutely. You know, it's not you're not even like typing on an actual keyboard.
1: No, exactly. So there's typos all over the place because I still have not mastered the iPhone touch typing. And, uh, you know, I but I, you're absolutely right, Cal. I basically called him a jerk. I mean, it was akin to being like, you lost and hanging up on him. That's what it was, right? And I didn't, you know, darn it, I didn't mean to. I really what didn't
2: you, mean to. What you should have done was kicked him out of the room and then continued <laughs> to make your <laughs> point that's right I could have
1: right. I could have taken him out of the chat room right just kick him out I could
2: have could, could I have made You Wait you I did it <laughs> and I'd be like hello are you still there <laughs> my, my point <laughs> that's exactly
1: what I could have done I should have just I should have kicked him out of the room kept talking kept typing
2: <laughs> and then uh, been talking sports at you at you not with you. That would have been funny. Not
1: with you. <laughs> Evan should have typed that. I guess. I guess now you're talking sports. At not with me. Is that correct? You're uh, demonstrating,
3: was, or you you demonstrated why I will never. I never engage in these conversations. Is because it, I always feel that sort of thing is just coming around the corner.
2: It really was Exhibit A for that. Last I have night.
3: been in enough bars to know that I don't ever want to sit down and discuss sports with anybody. Not that there's anything wrong with that.
1: <laughs> well, I think, I, I mean, I, I and I'm being completely honest here. I think I learned, I'm, I'm constantly learning about myself in a confrontational situation, whether it be with my wife, whether it be with you guys, whether it be about sports, whether it be about politics, uh, religion, whatever it's about, I'm constantly learning uh if it's a contentious uh subject i'm constantly learning that i have mechanisms that i need to or or i have mechanisms that okay i think uh i think we're back i think we're back on the air i'm not sure if uh, the problem's gone away let's see if we can get Cal back in here and uh we can continue with where we were hello Cal. hello steve Hey, sorry about that. So, uh apparently uh, uh that was a blog talk radio deal where they just uh, sort of kicked us off there. But uh restarted Skype, got back on it. Uh let's pick up where we left off and uh we'll fix that in post of course. And uh that's you know, that's why we have PJ here. and yeah, we'll fix it in post. What you were <laughs> saying, what you were saying and by the way, PJ call back in please. Uh what you were saying was Cal and it was very very uh observant I was uh, saying that I you know, sometimes have problems in conversations uh, or confrontational situations discussing politics or religion or sports, things that I'm really passionate about. I have defense mechanisms that I resort to um, that can be dismissive, and, and, and I really work on that. And I think that was a large part of what happened yesterday in our conversation is that I got emotional and uh, I forgot the golden rule, and that's put I think or I feel, not make definitive statements like you're wrong. Mm. And you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Tim Tebow does all of that for me. It just happens to be a very hot topic. Yeah, he's he's got everything. He's got politics uh, because of his religion, and he's got you know uh, sports and and I uh, let's get into it. So let's let's break it down from from a few angles here. Uh, the first angle, Bri, I think to take our conversation yesterday. And move forward with it. As this trade was going on uh, in the morning, when it was being bandied about that the Jets were a finalist with the Jags, we started talking about the idea, or 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 how bad of an idea this seemed to be. Um, and Dr. Rich Stat was pro this idea. His idea being get good football players. I mean, basically, he uh, Evan was feeling what Ian O'Connor wrote, and that is. You can't have enough good football players, and he's a good football player, regardless of position, regardless of of uh, uh, all the baggage that comes along with him. Uh, he's a good football player. What was difficult, I think, for you and I and Dan, our buddy Dan, who is also an innocent bystander in the chat room, to, to sort of – it seemed like sort of impress uh, to Ev was he – Tim Tebow is a special situation. And we found that out uh, tonight, Cal. We found that out when the guy comes in his own private jet and they've already, with his number on the back, and they've already signed, uh, you know, they've already started selling jerseys and people are Tebowing with Rex Ryan and stuff. He comes with a very special set of circumstances. He's the most popular player in the NFL. So yesterday, we were, right, is that not the basis of, I think, the disagreement and I think what a lot of Jet fans are feeling or were feeling yesterday was why do this? Why make this move? So let me ask you first, from your gut. From your gut. From that <laughs> well. Alright? Your heart and your gut. Is this was this move strictly
2: publicity? Uh, no. No. I don't I don't think it was strictly publicity, but I think it would be disingenuous of the team, as they have been saying, to say that this was strictly a football move. Clearly, it wasn't. There's no way it was. It was. It was just a football move. I think there was. There were definite football reasons for making the move. But it was not 100% a 100 uh, uh, football move like they are painting it as. There was clearly uh, money implications and press implications, and I think there's a lot to the fact that the Giants just won the Super Bowl and they were looking to make a splash. That's my opinion. So that's Woody Johnson, right?
1: I mean, we, we can agree on that. I mean, the Giants have won two Super Bowls in the oh, last yeah. four years. And after the last one, he went and got Brett Favre. And after this one, he went and got Tim Tebow. So I, I think the answer is the Giants need to stop winning Super Bowls. I mean, I think that's the solution here. Let's knock it off, Giants. That's enough.
2: Two in four years, four in 25, we're good. It's, you should be good for a while. Right. The last two Super Bowls have now resulted in Brett Favre and Tim Tebow. And Tim Tebow.
1: And, and our, team, uh, the t- uh, our team, the team that we root for, doing ridiculously stupid
2: things. Or at least on paper. <clears throat> right. Now, because we, gotta, we have to walk through the evolution of how, how our thought process has gone from yesterday morning at 8 o'clock till right now at 10 o'clock Thursday night. And I feel like it's very interesting. Especially after listening to sports talk
1: radio, listening to Mike Francesa, listening to Joe Beningo and Evan Roberts a little bit, just to, to, to Boomer and Carton, all the local stations, even Michael K. Uh, although that was very brief, um, it, it was simply because he had Tannenbaum on. Um,
2: You're a better man than me.
1: And also last night, I got to be honest, Cal, I stayed up. I watched uh, Tannenbaum's press conference. I followed his teleconference live on Twitter. And then I watched his live press conference on SNY. And then I listened to Tim Tebow's teleconference with the New York reporters last night. So, uh, yes, we need to follow the other. But I think we're feeling what a lot of Jet fans, the majority of Jet fans are feeling. You have a quarterback in Mark Sanchez who's coming off a shaky year. His confidence is, is, is very low on the football field. I think his confidence got a huge boost when they gave him the contract extension after their flirtation with Peyton Manning. And you know what, Cal? We said this on the show two weeks ago. I don't care that they called Peyton Manning. They called Peyton Manning. They said, is he interested? The agent said no, and they moved on. There's nothing wrong with that. And as a matter of fact, they've been pretty honest about that too. If if Peyton Manning had said he was interested in coming to the Jets, of course they'd talk to him. Every person that doesn't have a quarterback named Brady, Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, or Drew Brees, Maybe Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger should have been talking
2: to Peyton Manning. You know, my, I haven't really agreed with a lot of Mike Tannenbaum, what he said during his media tour today. But the one thing he said was about Peyton Manning. He says uh, any one of the other 31 to, uh, teams in the NFL would have been doing themselves a disservice if they didn't do their due diligence on a future Hall of Famer. Exactly. Uh, so so you, you
1: can't kill them for that. And even, you know, Mark Sanchez was uh, basically said, well... It's Peyton Manning. Come on now. So you have Mark Sanchez in a very sort of delicate, precarious situation where a lot of the fan base doesn't believe in him, doesn't think he's ever going to be the guy, is ready to bail on him. And you certainly had to bring in a better backup than Mark Brunel. So they signed Drew Stanton, who is a serviceable backup, but nobody's going to call for if Sanchez throws three picks in a game. Okay, and then so that's so that's what you have if you're the Jets, and then you give Mark Sanchez an extension, which it's not fifty-eight million dollars, folks. It's not. It's two point seven five million dollars more than he was already guaranteed, except it makes it over two years instead of three, right? Meaning that their obligation to him is only another two years instead of three years. And to get rid of that extra year and have it just be an option year, it cost them $2.75 million more in guaranteed money. So stop. Stop. It was basically a contract restructuring. That's what it was. Glorified. Okay, so there you have Sanchez. And then Peyton Manning's going to the Broncos, and the bright, shiny toy is out there for Woody Johnson. And they changed their entire offseason philosophy. To go get Tim Tebow. And they had a chance to get out, Cal. They did. It was as if Tebow had prayed to God. <laughs> and God was giving him a way out. <laughs> now, so so that's where we stood. And then the deal took a long time. And then they botched the deal because there's a, there was the... Uh, insinuation that the the Jets had not read the contracts properly, and there was this five point one million dollar clause, and the Jets didn't know about it, and they went ahead and tweeted the deal, which again reeks of this being a publicity stunt,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and not being for football reasons. Tell me, so so Cal, this all goes down yesterday. They had an out, right? They had an out at the last minute. The Jaguars could have come in and and and. Now, supposedly the Jaguars offered a fourth and five million dollars right. we don't know says that think, the, yeah, we don't know that for sure. well, he said it didn't happen.
2: He said it didn't happen, but I think John Elway said
1: that it did and and Peter King today uh stuck to his guns and said, "Look, you know because I, I i even tweeted him, a bunch of people tweeted him and said, "You know, are you calling <laughs> are you calling Tim bo a liar?" Because Tim Tebow, you know, Peter King said, no, he chose the Jets because of the coaching staff uh, and the ownership in Jacksonville didn't want him and et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, they even said, are you calling (laughs) Tebow a liar? And he's like, I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just telling him that I'm just telling you that I know something. He, He insinuated that he knew. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Well, but. I I don't I I would not be surprised if he you know he had some sort of a choice or something like that. I, I mean but are 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 you saying Tim Tebow's a liar? I'm saying Tim Tebow's not going to
2: uh, I might of all uh,
1: – No, I I, I, I personally I, I
2: personally would be careful about accusing him of that. I, that's
1: I right. I listened to the to the presser like I said. I listened to the presser last night and I I I thought the kid handled every question as best he could. Okay. So, and that question came up, and he sort of just said, "No, nah, I mean, I really didn't know much about what was going on with the process." So whether he's lie or not doesn't make a difference. I would, I would be surprised
2: if he chose the Jets, wouldn't you? Uh, I from from the get go, I couldn't understand why he would want to come to the Jets. To be to quite honestly with you,
1: what about the pressure of playing at home, Cal? And not, I mean, he's a hometown hero in Jacksonville. I mean it what Peter King says makes sense that he went where he felt he was wanted. Now how about he went there because they told him he'll have a shot to start.
2: They have made it very clear to everybody that that's been listening that that he is coming in and they said that they've made it clear to him he's coming in as the backup quarterback. So Can you believe this? I do. I believe that that's probably what their intent is. But this is, you know, Tim Tebow is going to take on a life of his own once he gets to camp next year. So, you know, he already has something about, you know, the road being paved with good intentions. I don't know that phrase very well, but I think that their intentions here are, oh, yeah, we'll tell him he's the backup. He's okay with that. We'll, we'll put together a package for him. What could possibly go wrong? Should be fine. I really think that that's what they're thinking right now. I don't. I don't think they can see the forest or the trees. I'm throwing as many cliches in as I can right now. Um, I don't think that. I don't think they're looking that far ahead. I really don't. I think they they. They truly believe that this is all going to be fine. And I think they're going to be sadly mistaken.
1: A couple things have come up, uh, especially listening to Francesa uh, the last two days um, and, and agreeing with a lot of what he said, that the, the, the Woody Johnson and the Jets uh, care more about making headlines and stealing the headlines from the Giants than they do about actually winning on the football field. Um, I don't know if that's 100% true. I think Woody Johnson – definitely goes with the old adage that any publicity is good publicity and that if his team is in the papers whether it's good or bad it's better than not i agree with and that. they they want the sizzle i mean i hate that word when it's attached to a football team sizzle but they do they want the they want the notoriety the giants just they they the jets came so close to taking over this town by winning mm-hmm. and, and then it literally in the span of six weeks, it entirely fell apart. Two years of work to actually winning the town over on football merit fell Mm -hmm. apart when Victor Cruz went 99 yards for a touchdown. Literally. And then the Giants went on to win their second Super Bowl on on another amazing run, et cetera, et cetera. So they, they resort back to this. Mentality of well, we gotta, we gotta change. We gotta get the conversation. We gotta get people talking about us again. How are we gonna do it? Oh, Tim Tebow's available. Let's go get Tim Tebow. Like without even thinking through what it actually. And I think you're right. I don't think they can see the forest for the trees. I mean, Francesca asked Tannenbaum that about six times tonight mm-hmm. or today in his interview and said, "You have an enormously pop, enormously popular, enormously." The the backup quarterback is the most popular player in football. He's the most popular player in the NFL. And his fans, I've said this for two days, his fans are Legion and they are sycophants. They do not care what the team does if Tim Tebow is not playing. They will cheer against the team if Tim Tebow is not playing. They, They don't care. They don't care about the Jets. They want Tim Tebow to play, so there's. I I I had no problem with them bringing it. I would have rather they went and got Matt Flynn, right? I would have rather they went and got Kyle Orton or or uh, 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 Jason Campbell. But they wouldn't have. No, because there's no sizzle in it,
2: and and they don't bring his his skills to the table. You know,
1: that's. All right, we're going to get into the I can be talked into this part of the show. Okay, but we're not. The, I, I can't get there yet because I can't wrap my head around how they can't understand how the jet front office can't understand that they started a quarterback controversy the minute they made the trade. Well, there's a quarterback controversy. He's not coming here to to be a backup. But
4: that's where I mean, I
1: know I know he's coming here to be a backup. But I'm saying. He doesn't know he's coming here to be a backup, right? Well, and, he, and, he, and, and he the knows, media, the media is never going to just let him be a backup. Well, he knows
2: he, he knows he's coming here to back up, but that's he doesn't intend on being a backup. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, I, but and and his intentions, I, I I don't doubt for a second that he'll probably be a great teammate. Yeah. You know, I don't. And and one thing that has not been talked about at all today, and Cal, it really makes me scratch my head. Like I stayed up and listened to that teleconference last night. I'm sure you'd like checked out a transcript of it or something like that. You like you did some homework on it. How is it that, that the guy who has the number one rated show in sports talk in New York couldn't be bothered <laughs> for the for the biggest story in town that he was gonna talk about for the next you know, for, for the next six hours the next day, he couldn't be bothered to read transcripts, or even yet listen to the teleconference. Because if he had, he wouldn't have completely been wrong today when he said, uh, uh, and, and you know, uh, he nobody mentioned that Tebow and Sanchez are friends. They And uh, inexplicably, Cal, Mike Tannenbaum didn't even know that they had spoken. Now, I'm sure Mike Tannenbaum's head is spinning. He's doing probably, interview yeah, after probably. interview and stuff like that. But Tebow said last night on the press conference that Sanchez called him, left him a message, Tebow called him back, they had a great conversation, and they're old friends. As Tebow put it, I've been blessed to be friends with Mark for a number of years now. Had to had to say blessed. Right. Well, <laughs> no, but no, but I, I'm 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 teasing a little bit, but oh, only a little. He, he and Sanchez are, are friends. They've been friends for three years, and 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 according to Tebow, they're good friends. I
2: I don't doubt that they that he has either had the conversation with Sanchez or will have the conversation that says you know I'm I'm gonna no 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 the the conversation will be, listen I'm gonna come in here and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to be the starter. Like I could see him being honest with Sanchez and letting him know this is what my intention is.
1: I I don't know.
2: I, I well, that's
1: I don't know. Uh, okay, if that's the case, could you see Sanchez having the conversation with him yesterday and saying, "Hey pal, I'm the starter here." I mean, I mean, do they have to take it out and show it to each? You know what I mean? Like, is it a gun slinging thing? <sighs> I well, this is what they've created.
2: They, well, right, and and. Just just to tie up this point of the of the matter, I find it beyond incomprehensible that they can't see that this is what they created.
1: Yeah, that, I mean that's 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 what is that's what we were mystified about yesterday. That's what we that, that's what the argument was about. I mean that's what the big argument with Evan was about in in essence. Was that you know at Dr. E Ray's point and, and it's a point that's been made in a lot of
2: places is if Sanchez performs well, there's no problem. It Right, but it's and, and I I don't believe it's that simple.
1: I don't I don't either. I don't e I I, I I I because it's Tim Tebow. If it was somebody else, it would be that simple.
2: Right. If it was anybody else, to be and, honest. With
1: you. <laughs> um if it was literally anybody else, it would be that simple. Yeah. You know, I saw somebody right today, Cal. What do you think of this? Sanchez could throw for 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and they could go 11-5 and five and win three, and go back to the AOC championship game. And there would still be people calling for, for Tim Tebow to start. And that will still be the sentiment because the Tebow fans do not care. Mm-hmm. You have a fish and heaven forbid – Hey. no, just uh I, I, you know, help Mark Sanchez if Tebow has to start a game because Sanchez is hurt, mhm, because once Tim Tebow gets in there, his fans will not let you pull him. I mean how they had to bring in Peyton Manning to Denver to get out from under Tebow mania, literally. They had to bring in one of the five greatest quarterbacks who ever lived off four neck surgeries who can't throw yet for it to be accepted that they were going to part ways with Tim Tebow. So that tells you two things. One, Tebow mania is bigger than anything in the NFL. It is. It is. And two, that's how much they think of Tim Tebow as a quarterback that they're willing to give Peyton Manning five years and $96 million of four neck surgeries, a fusion, and a, and he can't throw yet. They'd rather have him
2: than Tim Tebow. Right. And they knew that they couldn't get rid of Tebow.
1: No, no. The, the, the only way to get rid of Tebow was to bring in somebody that it was it was so incomprehensible that you wouldn't, say, replace him with him. You know what I mean? Like, what Denver Bronco fan is going to say? No, no, I'm taking Tim Tebow over Peyton Manning. Like, you had to bring in a guy that big. And Mark Sanchez is not that. So, you, so you have that element. You have the element that the Jets have brought this. He brings that with him. It's an automatic controversy, uh, quarterback controversy. Automatic. Hmm. So, how the Jets don't see that. And how Mike Tannenbaum kept saying today in the interview with Francesa and what I was going to say was, Francesa seemed to have no idea that Sanchez and Tebow had spoken. It's kind of an important thing. You know, he also didn't know that Tebow had said uh, he didn't have a choice. Right. Again, Mike, you know, just do a little homework. That's all I'm asking. He doesn't do anything, though. If you're going to rip the Jets a new one for 48 straight hours, just have one or two factions. <laughs> So anyway, this brings us to this other notion that's out there, Bri, that – and Dr. Iray sort of uh, fell onto this today. The more and more I think about it, they, there, there's no way they brought him in here to back up. And you had callers saying today and people – and a and sentiment today that uh, Tebow will be the starter by week eight. You know, this team starts out two and three. It's going to be Tebow time. Yeah, like,
2: <laughs> I don't buy that. I don't, I don't buy that they brought him in to start. That that's the end game here. I don't well, buy that.
1: I, I I agree with you because I don't think at the end of the day that Rex Ryan and Tony Sperano, along with about, in my opinion, again, it's just my opinion, Ninety-five percent of the coaches in the NFL think he's an NFL quarterback. Think that Tim Tebow is an every-down NFL quarterback. I, I don't think ninety-five percent of the coaches in the league think that. I mean, is it any uh, sort of coincidence that nobody pursued him? Nobody. I mean, a couple of teams.
2: Yeah, not you know.
1: But nowhere nothing. near what you would think. Right. Jacksonville did to a certain point and if he ever made sense for anywhere it was Jacksonville because it's his hometown he went to U of F they need sellouts desperately and they didn't want him they'd rather go with Blaine (laughs) Gabbert
2: I know the
1: Packers were interested but he makes sense on the Packers you know why? because Aaron Rodgers is there No one's going to be calling for Tim Tebow to start over Aaron Rodgers, except the Tebow Maniacs, and no one would listen to them anyway. In that case, who was another team that was interested? Miami? Well, that's because Miami, is nobody wants to play for Miami right now. No one.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. That's my buddy Dave. I was talking to him the other day. He's a big uh, Dolphin fan. My buddy from college. Mm -hmm. From Buffalo, inexplicably. Uh, Probably the same as you, Marino. And he's just sort of stuck with him. Right. Loves the Dolphins. I was Zyeming with him before, pre tivo PT. And uh, I said, How did you guys not get Flynn? He said, He's like, Steve, I'm telling you, nobody wants to play here. No one. Nobody wants to play for this owner. Nobody wants to play here. He's like, Peyton Manning didn't want to play here. Matt Flynn didn't want to play here. And we have his offensive coordinator. He doesn't want to play here. So, anyway, um, no one wanted him, Cal. The Jets wanted him because he sells tickets and because they wanted to make a splash and take that that's it that's the that's the only reason I can think of because he brings all this other ancillary crap that they don't need
4: mm-hmm.
1: now do you do you think that Rex Ryan and Tony Sperano think he's a? An NFL starting quarterback, or do you think that they view him
2: as a novelty? I think they view him as a novelty, but more than just a novelty. I think they view him as a really uh, a really unique piece that nobody else has. And an excellent they,
0: novelty,
1: right? And, <laughs> and they
2: see they really are kind of frothing at the mouth for the opportunity to create something that nobody else has. Right. Let's well, take
1: out of the equation that the Wildcat, nobody really runs it anymore.
2: It doesn't, doesn't really work.
1: And the last – I don't necessarily think it, it doesn't really work, Bri. I don't think it works to the – I do not think it's effective. effective. How about that? Yeah, it can't – I don't think it can work for 20% of your plays in a game. Like if you run 60 plays in a game, 20, 20 of them can't be the Wildcat. I mean uh, that's just not going to work. Right. You, you want to sprinkle it in for five plays, I think it can still work, for
2: sure. What it, le- what it leads me to think is that Tony Sperano might have something else in mind where mm. it's it's kind of a, an, you know, a, the evolution of the Wildcat, but it's something different that maybe we haven't seen before.
3: It's it a two-quarterback offense. That's what's coming.
1: You know what, P, you're You're making a joke, but somebody wrote that today.
3: I'm not making it, a joke. It was I'm used not making
1: a the, joke? It was used in the eighties. I can't remember what college it was used at. But essentially you have two offenses. Yeah. Okay? You have Sanchez's traditional offense and then you have Tebow's uh single wing offense, which is essentially what you're running. It's not a Wildcat, it's a single wing.
4: hmm
1: Um and it, if you score you stay on the field. If you yes. If you, if, the, if if a drive ends in a field goal or a touchdown, you go back out there for the next drive. If a drive ends in a punt or a turnover, the other team that's comes out on the field in place.
3: Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. And I'm also thinking that perhaps it was Sanchez who requested that TiVo come to the team. Now you're just talking crazy. Go on. <laughs> They're friends. They are. They're friendly. Let's not say, you know. No, they
1: said – Tebow said that they've been friends for years. Okay. Tebow so said they've been friends for a number of years.
3: They're friends for years. They do things drastically different. Uh, Schottenheimer is gone. What's the offense going to be? Someone floated a, a, a funny thought balloon, and Sanchez grabbed it and said, you know what? Maybe with two viable young quarterbacks, we make an offense that works. And if you score, you stay on the field. Wow. This this, this is something that, to me, is plausible.
1: It's outside the box, I'll tell you that much.
3: I'm saying it's not all back office.
1: Uh, Mark Sanchez would be the greatest team player in the history of team players, if that's the case.
3: Which he can't
1: be, because Tim Tebow already is. That's correct. (laughs) My bet. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> but, and that's why the Jets go public with that big Sanchez signing the contract picture. So anyway, look well, at signing no. guy signing, his, signing his, his contract extension or whatever the hell it was.
1: I, I I will tell you, Peach, that's something new that the Jets are doing. They've done it for all the guys that they've signed for the last few. All years. right, but but to your 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 uh, your Oliver Stone moment here. We're talking about a coup d'etat, gentlemen, with Lyndon Johnson waiting in the wings. Um, How would I pull Cat
3: Lyndon in the White House?
1: (laughs) Did not think we were going to get a math owl in JFK.
3: Um, Dog don't hunt. That dog don't hunt.
1: They sold that lemon to the American public.
3: Um, That man picking rat poop out of pepper. Instant impression. <laughs> um,
1: Sanchez Sanchez did sign. It's on the plane, inexplicably.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, Sanchez did sign a twenty million dollar guarantee for the next two years. Yeah. The week before this happens. Yeah. So San Sanchez goes in and says, "Hey, TiVo's available. You know what? Go get him. Why not? I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. You can't cut me." You, nope. you can't. You can't cut me. When I, I see, I could, I could see them approaching uh, Mark Sanchez because they said they did. They said they spoke to him. Yeah. And saying, "Hey, we're gonna go. We're thinking about getting Tebow. What do you think?" And Sanchez saying, "You know what? I'm friends with the guy. You get him as a backup, right?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and them saying, "Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, why not?" Why not? We already have the Wildcat in there. And then this this goes to your theory, Cal, because, you know, Tannenbaum sort of let that slip yesterday in the first press conference. He let it slip that there's going to be a package of uh, some Wildcat stuff and then another package that no one's seen before. There it is. The, 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 that, was the, I, I, that was the quote on the tw- Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. It was a, like a package that no one's seen before. Maybe
2: you're right. I, I, I just, I, I, that's, that's what I think is going to happen. And, yeah, and, and you, brought up, you brought up a very good point. Tebow doesn't run the Wildcat. So all of this, you know, Tebow's going to run the Wildcat. He doesn't run the Wildcat. That's not, uh, that's not what he does.
1: No, so he's, I, not Brad, he's not Brad Smith. He's not
2: Brad Smith. And, and I wish Mike Tannenbaum would, would stop referencing Brad Smith when he's defending this trade. Because it's going to be a completely different situation. Yeah. I I i think
1: now now we get to the defense of this portion of the show. Uh because what's happening, Bri is that it's being slammed and the team is being slammed so mercilessly. Um and rightfully so. I mean they're a laughing stock right now, and nobody wants to see their team be a laughing stock.
2: That they're starting
1: to force me to defend it.
2: Yep, that's what happens, and and it's the, uh, it's it's kind of um, it's kind of like the Wilpon scenario, where everybody just piles on and piles on and piles on, and then finally it you know, hey wait a minute, only we can talk about our team like that. You can't all talk about our team like that. Now now I want this to succeed, even though I was grossly against it 24 even hours away. ago. I hate it so much. I know. It is though. It's 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 it's
1: my crap pile. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a crap pile, but it's my crap pile. How dare
2: you? How dare Animals. you? Animal, know my team like that. Well, I started. I started to get like,
1: you know, the giant fans taking glee in this and and really ragging on me, really taking every opportunity. And people having a party on Facebook. I couldn't even go on Facebook. You know, you couldn't. You just every other post was a Tebow joke or you know, Tebow prayed to God to go to a winning team. Not today, Tim. You know, blah 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 and no ring circus and all this stuff, and Francesa with you know, calling them a laughing stock and not having the courage to do so to to Tannenbaum's face. Did you see what he did, Cal? He wrote it off on Namath. So he, Namath, Namath, Namath said it's a publicity stunt. No. Oh, okay, good. Right, Frances has been saying it's a publicity stunt for two days. It's a joke. They're a joke, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh huh. And then when he asked Hannebaum about it, he says, "Now, Nameless said it's a publicity stunt. So, how do you feel about that?" no, Mike, you said it was a publicity stunt too. But anyway, you have really people taking way too much joy in bashing this. So now my question to you, Bry, is it possible? Wait, let me go back. Francesca said something that drove me nuts. He's not coming here to be a backup. What backup has an airplane? What backup has a... If they tell him he's the backup, he's the backup. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if the coaches don't give him snaps with the first team, he's the backup. He can want to be the starter all he wants.
2: But just because he says he wants to be the starter doesn't make him the starter. <laughs> He's coming. He's not coming here to be the backup, right?
1: Well, No, actually, he is.
2: He kind of <laughs> is. That's his role.
1: If they tell him he is, he is. <laughs> and if you think for a second that they – and this is what I don't understand or nobody's really talked about, which is an issue – or not an issue but a point of discussion – That we've just talked about is, do you really think the Jets coaching staff thinks Tim Tebow is a better every-down quarterback than Mark Sanchez? There's no way. There's no way. There's not. I mean, we're not talking about a guy – take the phenomenon that is him out of the equation, a lot of which is tied to his religious beliefs and his faith and all this stuff and the phenomenon that he was last season. Mm -hmm. Okay? And just – it's not like he's been starting for five years. He started 11 games last year and he had the lowest passer percentage in the history of like the NFL for like 11 games. I mean, there's there's no way that they think that he's a better every down quarterback than Mark Sanchez. And this was the best. Again, he, like you're making me defend it. But Francesca says, what, what backup quarterback has plays in, 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 designed for him and is guaranteed to get on the field? Well, Tim Tebow. If your backup quarterback is Tim Tebow, you design plays for him to get on the field. You know, sort of like the Broncos did when they drafted him.
0: <laughs>
1: what kind of question is that? And it, it brought me to when the when the uh, uh, Eagles signed Donovan McNabb to back up. Uh, I mean, uh, signed Michael Vick to back up Donovan McNabb. Uh huh. Did they not put a package of plays in for Michael Vick? They, they absolutely did. Mhm. So, <laughs> I even tweeted this. I was like, you know, Francesca like asked it oh, after the Tanabam in interview over and over and over again. What backup? What backup draw? What, what backup do you draw plays for? And what backup is guaranteed playing time? Well, Tim Tebow. If you if your backup quarterback Tim Tebow, you'd draw a place for him because you'd be stupid not to. Because he's not really a quarterback.
2: He's not.
1: I mean, if Michael Vick is your backup quarterback, right, and you have a, a traditional quarterback in there, do you not draw a place to get Michael Vick in the game? Of course you do. It, it just – I'm sorry. I had to had to answer that one. I know it sounds like I'm defending this move, but come on, use your head. Don't don't let your hatred of the team get
2: carried away with you. And that seems to be what's happening here.
1: Well, you wanted to talk about. I mean, suddenly it's 10:45. You wanted to talk about negativity. I I I I. There's only a million ways we could talk about this Tebow thing. The bottom line is he's here. And now, because of all the hatred spewed at us, I feel like, honestly, Cal, I feel like I want it to work now, just so I can tell people to shut up.
2: Well, of course, you want it to work because you're a fan of the team, so you don't That's want right. it to fail. Yes. You know, and and whether you like it or not, and whether you want to root for the guy or you don't want to root for the guy, you want it to succeed. For don't want the win, sake- guy. I know you don't, but for the sake, <laughs> but for the sake of the team, right? Hmm. Absolutely. You ha- you want it to work, you know. It's it's, you know, it's like if Derek Jeter won the World Series for the Mets, right? You want the Mets to win the World Series. You really don't want Derek Jeter to have to win it for you, but you would still, ultimately you would be happy that it was a success. And I think it's the same thing with Tim Tebow. Well two
1: things there. One, I tried to bring that up to the Giant fans that were ripping on me, who were also Yankee fans, for the most part, when I said that, uh, well, you guys know what this is like. You had to root for Clemens. And they wrote back, yeah, but Clemens had talent.
2: Oh, okay. Right, so Tim
1: Tebow doesn't have any of that. He doesn't have talent. Right. Right. And also, that that also implies the other thing, that he's not being brought here to be the starting quarterback,
2: has everybody missed that? Yes, because that's the sexy story, Steve. The story is that they're bringing Tim Tebow in, and and they're going to create a quarterback competition. They want to light a fire under Sanchez. This is exactly what I said. <laughs> it was exactly
1: why I said this was that you get a quarterback controversy the minute you trade from whether you want one or not, just his presence. Whether there is one or not, the media will never let this no. not
2: quarterback contract. Of course not. Especially, I mean, look at what the media has done to the Jets before Tim Tebow. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have gift-wrapped a, a, a better scenario for these people. No. Tim Tebow, are you kidding me? <laughs> they might as well have cre- have given Mark Sanchez a drug scandal.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't be as good.
2: It wouldn't be as good. You're right.
1: It wouldn't be as good for them as this.
2: I, I it, you know, it, it's just it really is is if if they thought if 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 Jet Management considered what the ramifications of this deal would be as far as the way that they're treated by the media, if they considered that and they still said to heck with it, then I don't know what to say about them anymore. My, I really believe they didn't consider it, or they just don't understand the scope of it. They just don't understand it. And you know, I, that, that's the only explanation here is that they just don't understand. Like they might think, oh yeah. And he, said Tannenbaum said it. I mean, you know, he brings a unique, uh, a, a unique set of followers with him, and, and we understand that that there's going to be some, you know, there's going to be some extra interest in him, and we're gonna we're gonna manage that. We're gonna manage that.
3: <laughs> they have
2: no clue. If they think that they can manage it, you can't manage it. It's bigger yeah. than that. Yep. And then, and that and and that right there, that, that piece of it leads me to believe that they just are very short sighted.
1: And if, Well, I I think they're remarkably short sighted and I think they I think you're absolutely right. I think and they if, weighed it and they said, no, nah, we we're in New York. Right. And Rex can coach anybody. We you you know, and and they're so confident that it's going to be successful. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, you could almost hear Tannenbaum saying he's going to have a big, you know, fu for for Mike at the end of the season. Right. You know, there's, there's a lot of, but, you know, Tannenbaum's had this for a couple of years now. He's the smartest guy in the room. I mean, you know, and, and I'm saying that facetious or oh, sarcastically. Yeah, I know. I know. Like they, they you know, they signed Santonio Holmes. Who is who is the smart SOB who got him for a fifth round pick? That's Mike Tannenbaum now. Yeah, well. So they're gonna reinvent the wheel here and have two quarterbacks. And we can handle anything, you know? So I, I agree with you. I don't think I, I think it's unbelievably short sighted. And that short sightedness
2: can only mean that they are looking for the splash. That's why they make these moves. Not the, again, no, it's not the only reason they're making the move. They didn't make the move solely just to get the back page of the paper or the front page of the paper in this case. Or have us talking about it all summer. No. All summer. I mean, that's not that's not the only reason they made this move. I really believe that there there are football reasons that they made this move also. Now, I am not confident in choosing which side of the equation it's more heavily weighed towards. No, I, I can I can tell you. I am comfortable with it. Do you really think it's because of the publicity? It's way more. Yeah. It's way more. It probably
1: is. It's, to me, it's just – it's it's Woody Johnson. It's Woody Johnson's M.O. It's been his M.O. since he's owned this team. It's been his M.O. since he's owned the team.
2: And you – now, do you honestly believe that he could care less if they ever win a Super Bowl as long as he's getting publicity?
1: No. No, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's that he doesn't want to win. Of course, he wants to win. But I think what drives him nuts is when the Giants just go about their business and win another Super Bowl, and nobody is talking about his team. When no one is, ta- that's why he loves Rex. I know. That's why he loves Rex. That's why he fired Mangini. That's why he. If nobody's talking about his team, he gets nervous. He wants people talking about it, good or bad. What's he nervous about? I don't know. I don't know. Nothing to be nervous about. Look, I think Woody Johnson wants to win. He certainly spent money. I mean, you can't say that he hasn't. You know, they're at the cap every year. You know, he paid for Brett Favre. He paid Revis. You know, like he wants to win. uh, in, In that sense, but I think. He is happy when the team is being talked about.
2: Like right now, he's happy.
1: He's ecstatic. Are you yeah. Kidding? Oh, he's ecstatic. He's the happiest guy in New York right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody is talking about his team. Everyone, nationwide, good or bad, doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Everybody, and with Tim Tebow, you have a whole different set of people who are talking about the Jets. <laughs>
2: That's true.
1: Literally, not even sports people, no exactly that's a whole nother show, <laughs> but
3: he's 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 happy as a
1: pig in the proverbial manure, without a doubt this is this is the he's knocked the giants off the back page. No one's going to talk about the giants for the next four months. Meanwhile, the giants are laughing their asses off, they're ecstatic, right. They can quietly go about the business of winning another Super Bowl. Well, the Jets make asses of themselves. I mean, for the Giants, it's the perfect storm. Perfect storm. They just won a Super Bowl. They own the city. They quashed the little rebellion, you know, with uh, T- uh, Coughlin playing Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> and I could just see him before that jet game. <laughs> we will then crush the rebellion with one swift stroke. <laughs> he does bear a striking resemblance to, uh, to Grand grandma Tarkin. Charming to
3: the last. Charming to the last. You may fire when ready.
2: Except he wouldn't, he wouldn't sound like that. We will then crush the rebellion with one stroke with one stroke. And then we crossed him, and we crossed the rebellion with
1: one swift stroke. Well, charming to the last. You don't know how hard I found it to, to throw that 99-yard pass to Victor Cruz. Salsa. Um, so I, I think Woody's happy. I, I don't understand the move. I want to. I do want to talk about the negativity uh, factor that you were talking about, Cal, because I, I tweeted something today. I don't know if you caught it, but uh, you know, w- with what my giant fan, quote unquote, friends were doing to me. Uh so many people that know I'm a jet the guys at work, like so many people that know I'm a jet fan, really, really enjoying mm-hmm. seeming to really, really enjoy and I'm not a bad guy, and I'm not an obnoxious jet fan, and I'm not Rex Ryan. Okay, I'm not Rex Ryan. Like we Jet fans, we're not all Rex Ryan. You know, I don't I I, I don't understand why the joy in misery you know, add on to it that I'm a Met fan, and you know, people had a party with me this week. <laughs>
0: I mean,
1: tell me, we're drinking tonight, like
0: how uh, fake.
1: So, what did you want to say about that?
2: Well, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to talk about. Was and and, and maybe I'm just I'm just uber sensitive to it right now because of the the heaping piles of negativity that i've had to wade through for the last however many months you know it's really and uh, you too i mean we we're going through it together met fans jet fans islander fans it's just it is really just one every day it's something different when you look at all three of those teams that's why i tweeted
1: sometimes i hate that i love sports
2: and 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 that is really the essence of, of what it's gotten to me gotten to be like for me is that it's just it's not fun. There's nothing fun about this. There's nothing there's nothing good natured about the ribbing anymore. It's all very mean spirited. It's it is kicking a fan base when they're down and taking delight in it. It is antagonizing the fan bases to get a reaction because you know there will be a reaction, and it's just so much more and and you know it all it all comes back to social media and you can point to since since Twitter and since facebook and since that's really taken off in the last couple of years it's been much worse than it ever was, and that's probably why it feels worse now but and again, I'm coming from it from a different i'm i'm for lack, for lack of a better word, the victim. Even though that's a that's not the right word, but I'm I'm on that side of it. We we are on that side of it. Okay, I can't understand. I could never put myself in the shoes of the Giant supporters, or the Yankee supporters, or the Ranger supporters, that love to take shots at a, at a team that's clearly not even near the level of their other teams. I mean, they should be irrelevant. You shouldn't even shouldn't even care. I can't understand why that makes them so happy. Like what focus on your team. You're a Giant fan, you've won two Super Bowls in the last four years. You're a Yankee fan, you've been on top of, of baseball for the last fifteen to twenty years. You're a Ranger fan, you've got the best record in hockey. Why why is your first instinct to take a shot at the rival who means nothing and is clearly going through a really bad time. So my my whole point on that is that I just I don't understand it. I don't understand why negativity and and when you stop and think about it, it's not just sports. It's it's everything. People yeah. seem to love negativity, and I just don't understand why. Does it make them feel better about themselves? I I, I mean, we we're, that takes us into a completely other you know genre, but. Uh, what do you think about that?
1: Well, there's a couple of things that you hit on that are really, really, uh, sort of, uh, important. The first one is taking in specificity and saying the jet fan, right now the, the jets have been a, a loudmouth team of late. The coach took on the giants, took on the giant fan said, we're taking over the city, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, of course, had it all collapse in their face, lost to the Giants, the Giants went on and won a Super Bowl, etc. So the Giant fan to the Jet fan has always is, has always been the big brother. But then they – again, they quash the rebellion. So what I've noticed is that the Giant fan treats the Jet fan like they're Rex Ryan. Like it, it's, it is mean-spirited. Because and and they think that they have a right to do it, because Rex Ryan is a loudmouth. Right. See, like, what? It, so, so that's in specificity. That's with the with the jet giant thing. But the overall mean spiritedness of it is very prevalent, and to me, it's. And and I, I said this to these guys today, like why are you taking such joy I didn't make this move. What was their answer though? Like I can't it, it's the and this is what I was gonna say. I'm being a wuss. Oh. I can't I can't take it. So stop being a wuss. Or or come root for the Giants. That was their other answer. Eh, not too late, come root for the Giants. So essentially, I have to root for another team because your fanhood
2: is superior to mine? How has this happened? Some and, and, you know, some of these fans really come across as they feel like they're better people because they root for a better team. Well, look, we've
1: had this with the Yankee fan for years, and we, we happen to be lucky enough to be friends with really good Yankee fans, you know, but... There are a lot of Yankee fans who actually think they're better people than Mets fans. Like, rooting for the Yankees doesn't make you a better person. Like, it's it's insane, but what gets me, Bri, is the idea that, like, the Giant fans that were ragging on me today, and i got to say this, i got to say, McWalters, the biggest Giant fan that there is, who hates the Jets, Has been great. Has absolutely been great.
2: Well, not
1: initially. No, no, but but even when he sent the ha-ha-ha, but he backed off. He backed off and said, you know what, I'm going to give you a little time to let it sink in. And then we had a great conversation about it yesterday while it was still pending. Great conversation about it. And he was really great about it. And I think that's because I changed my tack towards him in that I really went out of my way to be happy for him wasn't happy that the giants won the super bowl but I was happy for my friend that he got some enjoyment out of that game and I was genuinely I am genuinely happy for Kevin because he loves the giants so much you know but and and again I you know what we're saying may sound a little victimy but that's just because we're on <laughs> because the teams we root for happen to be on the wrong side of it but what, it was almost as if I traded for Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like you're it's making it's personal, right? Like you, you, you're making fun of me as if I made, as if I was Mike Tannenbaum. Like I had any say in it. You know, the 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 Jet fan, the Met fan with the Wilpons. Like we don't have any say in this. I, there's nothing I can do about the Wilpons owning the team. Nothing. There is nothing I can do. I cannot go. They're still going to own the team. And, and now they're going to own the
2: team forever. Yes.
1: And, and and we may have to do a special RTU over the weekend on that. <laughs> uh, but I, I – and then I'm going to deprive myself of going to a baseball game to spite the owners? Well, that's sort of dumb. Why do I have to do that? I don't hate the players. You could be a Yankee fan that's but you know what? I I just don't understand why it seems like when it, it just does seem mean spirited at some at
2: some point it's like I thought like aren't we friends? Yeah, but it's but it's but it's beyond like I said it's beyond that it's beyond people that you know it's the media. Look at the way the yeah. writers yeah. antagonize the fans. They do. Well,
1: yeah. I I don't know what it's like in other cities, Cal, but I I do know here in New York, that has become the uh, especially for the for the Jets and the Mets and 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 for the teams that are the little brother quote unquote in town, uh, that has become the go to tactic uh, for for the B reporters or for the guys that cover the team. It's it's extraordinarily antagonistic towards
4: the fans.
2: You know what I have to I have to think that it's different. In other cities, and the only reason why I say that is that you talk about your historically downtrodden cities for sports. You talk about your Clevelands, mm-hmm. uh, Seattle. Um, what's another one? Just, just,
0: just I, I
2: can't think off the top of my head. Cities that have teams in every sport. Ch- Chicago. Um, I mean, with the with the Cubs, you know. Well, Chicago well, is a little different because of, because of my point here. The point is that here in New York, we just happen to have a scenario where we've got the Cleveland of sports teams, but you also have another half of sports teams that are successful. Right. You know, so, so a writer in this town or a fan in this town, if you want to pick on the Mets, you can pick on the Mets because I could go be a Yankee fan and, I, and I'm okay. You know, and They're not the only game in town. Where you're all in it, you're all in it together, right? You know what I mean. Like in Cleveland,
1: so it's easier. It's easier for the writer to be antagonistic here, so much easier because or the media to be antagonistic here towards those fans because, hey,
2: who told you to be a meth fan? Right. Because if if you are a Cleveland Indians fan, why why would a beat writer for the Indians attack you? Because there's nothing else in Cleveland. You're all in the Indians together, or the Browns. You know, yep. the Cavaliers. Yep. That's why I feel like it might be. I could be wrong. You know, I'd have to talk to a no, fan in no, I mean, the city. But that's just my opinion.
1: I went to school in in Ohio. I lived in you know Dayton for a while. I've lived in uh, you know I've, I've visited a lot of cities and I and I've you know Boston is Boston's like that. I mean Boston. I don't think the Boston media is antagonistic towards the fan base. Well, Boston it's
2: tough because Boston's been so successful lately.
1: But Cal they didn't win a World Series for a hundred years.
2: You didn't see writers do this to Red Sox fans. Are you kidding? Well, I did Dan honesty a little bit. He kinda he kinda loved the uh the idea of the curse and wrote yeah, a book about it. But the curse the curse is different
1: than I don't think that's being antagonistic to Red Sox fans because they believe in it too.
2: That's
3: true.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true. I think Boston is is a city where they as entire, they're rough on their teams. You know, Phillies like that too.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But they're all in on the Phillies. I mean, that's, that's, the, the Phillies are it. Right. So you may, you may hate the Phils at that point, but you always love the Phils, Like the beat guy's not going to kill the Phillies because there's nothing else in town. Right. I, that's a great point. And I got, I got to think it's different in different cities. But, this is this this whole Tebow thing, and this this whole um, I think this whole situation with the Jets, and and really you see sort of an irrationality among Tebow fans. Like I like I'm I'm already seeing tweets and guys go on the com that are just Tebow fans, just Tebow fans. That, and and I'm I'm kind of coming back to the Tebow thing, but the negativity. I I was thinking about this today, like as I was talking myself into Tebow, and this was the other thing I wanted to talk about. It goes along with the negativity, and that is, what is it about what is it about him that I dislike so much? Like, how is it going to be that hard for me to root for this guy on the Jets? Yep. Like what is it that – but what is it that's really bothering me? Is it that his religion and politics are mixed in with sports, which I don't like? Mm-hmm. That's why you hated him in Denver. Yes. And yes. And, and also – But I don't hate him as a football player. I don't.
2: No, you just you just disagree with him, with his, his beliefs as a person.
1: No, it's not even that I disagree with his beliefs. No,
2: nope, no, that's not – I respect fully his right to believe whatever
1: he wants to believe. I feel that and if we're going to say it, let's just say it. I feel that certain uh, uh, things like his uh, commercial Mm -hmm. uh, that ran during the Super Bowl uh, for that particular organization, there are things that that organization believes that I don't. Okay? And I feel like a professional athlete sort of uh doing that is sort of mixing things that i don't like mixed that that's me that's a personal thing for me i don't like political statements with my sports i don't like it it's fair you know so i i i i it doesn't bother me when he you know thanks jesus in a press conference or whatever that doesn't bother me I mean gee whiz you know that's ninety percent of the professional athletes you know that doesn't get me it's it's the um sort of using your position to uh proffer uh maybe political and or religious views that I don't think belong together you know it's 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 the argument about an actor. Making a political statement, and you always hear, "Hey, shut up and act." And, you know, like, I, like I don't really, I don't really care what Alec Baldwin feels about, you know, Obama or whatever. Like people get all upset or whatever, right? And I think that's ridiculous. I mean, because what Alec Baldwin's
2: not allowed to have an opinion because he's an actor, but on the same token, his opinion doesn't mean more because he's an actor. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it's it's played off that way, and that, that rubs people the wrong way. Absolutely. Yeah. No, nobody ever says
1: that about religion. That's true. You know, you never see, uh, you know, you, you, you really don't see that. It's almost like you can't say that about espousing your religious beliefs.
3: I don't like when the Pope talks about acting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Bishop?
2: What?
0: Oh, oh man
2: what chewy
1: what's that Spocka? <laughs> um that was
2: another now he's, now he's really doing it
1: yeah um but uh, so there were certain things, but that's me that's that's me personally. I just don't like my sports and politics and religion mixed I don't like it um, I don't think he. You know, I listened to that teleconference last night, Cal. I like the kid. I mean, it was impossible to listen to that and not like the kid. Do you believe him?
2: Do you believe that he's genuine?
1: I do. No, I do. I always have. Yeah, so have I. I always... No, no, That that's not... I, I believe he believes in what he believes. That was a lot of beliefs. <sighs> I, I, I have no question that his faith is unwavering, and I know what... Uh, you know his faith is, and that's fine, and I have no problem with somebody having that faith. I just don't like using it when it's used for a political statement, okay, so there I said it, done whatever uh, that's fine, but the fervor that he inspires in people is amazing i mean it's it's not and I don't mean amazing in a good way, I just mean amazing in the literal sense of the word amazing.
2: It's it's un it's like when you say my God, that's
1: unbelievable. It really is hard to believe.
2: It really is hard to believe.
1: I know. You know, he's he's a, a marginal NFL quarterback. You know, but again, I I don't I don't see any reason why he can't be a good teammate. That was another thing that was said today. Like you, you think he's going to accept being a backup? Well, why wouldn't he? I mean, if he if he is all the things that he says he is, and he's a team guy first, and and it's all about winning, which is all you hear, all you hear from him. You don't hear it from the Tebow maniacs who want him to play. You know, they want Sanchez to break his leg tomorrow so he can play. Um, is that he's a team first guy and he's a great teammate? So uh, why wouldn't he accept that role? Well, he said he's going to come here to compete.
2: He, yeah. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> what's he? What's he going to say?
1: Like everybody, everybody grabbed onto that word because he said compete. Must mean he's competing for the like, like.
2: Yeah, it automatically means there's a competition. Right. Because he used the word compete. <laughs> no. I don't think that's exactly what it means.
1: It doesn't. It didn't. I listened to the press conference. That's not what he meant. He didn't say I'm gonna compete with Mark. He said I'm gonna to go to practice. I'm gonna to go to I'm gonna to try to be a better player every practice in the film room and then go and
2: compete and and help the team in any way I can. And what more do you want the kid to say? Let me ask you a question and, and this has come up, but I want your take on it. Him being such a good guy or by all accounts, he's a good guy. He's a good teammate. He's a hard worker.
3: He's a positive
2: influence. Mm-hmm. Can, how much? How much of that can come into play in this locker room, which which has been much maligned and has got a lot of problems that need to be fixed? He's polarizing, but could he? Could it also work in the opposite direction? I have two huge concerns about that. Well,
1: no, strike that. I have one huge concern. I could see it going another way too. Okay. The huge, the huge concern is, like I said uh, yesterday to you guys, that you already have anonymous sources calling out Sanchez and saying that they want a different quarterback. You had that last year in this locker room, and then you had Antonio Cromartie on the you know the back cover of the Daily News yesterday. Jets interested in Tebow. Cromartie says we don't need him. Right. That's going to be. After every loss. Yeah. So my question is, is it possible? That's going to be after every loss? Every After every loss, you're going to see Anonymous Jets says we need Tebow. Jets, into, you know, jet players call for Tebow. Two-game losing streak. Jets want, jet players want Tebow. Without a doubt, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. My my question is, or do you think it's possible though, because he is supposedly such a great guy, and because I think rumors of Sanchez uh uh sort of being a jerk are greatly exaggerated. And not being a hard worker and I, I, I think those I think that stuff is greatly exaggerated. I, I
3: really do. Uh,
1: is it possible that he fits in, Bri?
2: Is it possible?
3: I think he can.
2: I think he can. The
0: few that we
2: have you don't. You don't think he can fit in at
1: all. No, I no, I I I I do think it's possible. Yeah. Oh, you just don't think it's likely, or I don't think it's likely because, again, you're gonna have people calling. You you can't bring in this guy as as the competition that's supposed to spark Mark Sanchez. You can't. He's just the wrong guy for that job. If you wanted to bring someone in to push Mark Sanchez, you bring in a Kyle Orton or a Jason Campbell, you don't bring in the most popular player in the
2: NFL. And also, I think Mark Sanchez is the wrong guy for this to be put on. I don't think Mark. I mean, his, his, emotional, his emotional toughness has been questioned for three years. You know, this. Could, I really think. I think this is going to go one of two ways, in like an extreme direction. I think this is either going to turn Sanchez around for good, and he's going to take that Eli Manning step and mature into the leader that he needs to be, and like and like really take charge. Like you're going to see Sanchez, you know, be the captain and take charge of everything, and it's that's either going to happen or he is going to crumble, like, like a little kid under the pressure. That that that, and, and it's not going to be Tebow applying the pressure. It's going to be everybody else applying the Tebow mania pressure to Sanchez, and he's not going to be able to handle it. I don't know which one it's going to be. And uh, today on March 22nd, I, I'm, I don't want to take a guess as to which way it's going to go, but I, I really believe it's going to go one way or the other. And the byproduct of Tebow is it's it's going to it's going to steal Sanchez's fate one way or the other. I think.
1: Hmm. Very appropriate song. Yeah, the cult of the cult of Tebow. I'll tell you what, Ev. Uh, Ev. I'll tell you what, Cal. Ev said something to me today that was very interesting, and I think it's a sentiment that a lot of Jet fans share. And I think a lot of the the fan base wants Sanchez to be good, but isn't convinced he's ever going to be good. And it's year four. He's coming into year four. And who cares if Tebow is there? Play better. You know, If you become the quarterback that you're supposed to be where you were drafted at number five and blah, 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 then this doesn't even make a difference because you'll have become the elite quarterback you're supposed to be, and then who cares about Tim Tebow, right? But – so there's an expectation of, of a lot of the fan base that he's never going to be that, and uh, it wasn't Evan. It was somebody else that said, said – uh, uh, on the gangrene said – yeah, and if uh, Sanchez throws four interceptions on opening day this year, I'm going to be right there yelling for Tebow. On opening day. Mm-hmm. He's got no leash. He's got no leash. It's gone. He had a short leash coming into the season to begin with. Now he's got no leash. He's
2: got $21 million, though. But he's got no leash. Guaranteed. That is Guaranteed. Let's 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 wrap it this way. This, Tebow's got three years left on his contract.
1: Yeah, I know. Is he here for three years? I don't think there's any way. Or is Sanchez here for the next two?
2: Well, put it to you this way: Tebow and Sanchez will not be here for three years together. There's no chance, right? There's no chance. It's going to be one or the other.
0: <laughs>
2: exactly. That sounds good. Why is he doing it? I don't know. Oh god. That sounds fantastic.
1: Make that stop! <laughs> Here, wait. We need cornflakes. FU. <laughs> how
2: much How
3: much would you We need to write a little piece about Mark Sanchez and Tim Tebow and read it over the read it over the odd couple music.
1: Yeah, we That'll do. That'll be
3: the new theme for the Jets this year.
1: Asking him never to return. Asking him <laughs>
3: never to return. Also, Can two quarterbacks run an offense without driving each other crazy? (laughs)
1: It's a picture of Sanchez handing Tebow a pot. (laughs) Or John Elway. John is handing Tebow a pot through the door. John Elway just opens the door, hands Tebow uh, a pot.
3: We'll have to get Al Molinaro in there to, to be Murray the Cop. Murray the Cop, Absolutely.
1: I think it we, we we can put in the montage uh Sanchez like putting out a cigarette butt and Tebow like picking it up.
3: Absolutely. Tebow is totally
1: the Tony Randall. Oh he's totally Tony Randall. We love a Tony Randall.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. We need cornflakes, F you <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty good.
1: Thank you. That's that was my quick Walter Mathau. It's been a Walter Mathau kind of show, hasn't
2: it? Give me the, give me the odds. Give me the odds on whether or not HBO has or will contact the Jets to do hard knocks again this year.
1: Odds that they have, or either, either no, they no, have. I got, I, I got you. Odds that they have, I would put at 10 to 1. Odds that they will, if they haven't, I would put at 2 to 1. I might even put those odds that they will, if they haven't, at two to five.
2: They have to, right? So, like, so, like, you have to bet five dollars to make two. I mean, is is is, is there any doubt that oh, they they'll be the first team and and they'll
3: do it too?
1: And and I gotta be honest with you, Cal. Kind of want to see it. Oh,
3: I need Everyone to see. Everyone wants access to this one.
1: You didn't yeah. want to see it before. Now I do. Oh gosh. Because, you know what? Now I want to see Tim Tebow talking to Antonio Cromart. <laughs> he was the guy I was thinking of. Now I, that that conversation needs to be on video, needs to be. Because oh. not only not only not only has Cromarty said that they don't need Tim Tebow, but Cromarty has eight children with nine different or nine children. What is it? Nine with eight? I don't know. I get confused. Nine with eight in seven cities. Nine children with eight women in seven
2: cities. Right.
1: You saw the the great joke, right? Yeah, I? I did. We can say that, right? I don't. I mean, why that, not? We're not. We're not bound by any Catholic organization. <laughs> what? What did Tim Tebow and Antonio Cromartie have in common? Neither one of them believes in birth control. Clearly. There it is. There it is. Thanks. We'll be here all the week. Try to keep- I just threw I just threw your linguini against
2: the wall.
3: <laughs> Mama, <laughs> Mama, you're just like Antonio Grimardi and Jim Tebow. They don't believe in birth control either. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um
1: Cal, I think I think uh, hard knocks needs to happen. It absolutely needs
3: to happen. I think I, it, I, I, I think, think it all, will be the highest rated one they ever did.
1: Oh my goodness! How could it not be? Oh my goodness! Are you kidding? Oh man! It would make the one they did two years ago look like I mean, forget about it. You just see, and and you know what? You said it
2: right, Bry. They will. They'll of course they'll they'll jump at it. They'll, they'll be ecstatic. You could put odds on the Jets contacting HBO. <laughs>
3: I want them both right? on celebrity apprentice.
2: Okay. Oh
1: well it that that might happen too. You could see these people everywhere.
3: The
2: real world, Florham Park.
1: <laughs> I can't I can't I can't even take it. And then we have uh uh Sanchez in the confessional. Sanchez <laughs> I just wish that Tim would just be nicer to me. <laughs> I do understand.
3: Why is everybody with Tim and not me? Quarterback I stop just- being polite and start getting real.
1: Real world, Florum Park. <laughs> it's got like Antonio in uh, <laughs> like scratch letters, right? Like scratch letters. I, I don't care. <laughs> I think every confessional for Cromartie would be like, I don't really care. <laughs> what did he say? What do you say about me? I don't care.
4: Right?
1: Antonio get paid. Tone. Hey, can can I, Antonio Holmes. Right, San Antonio Holmes. Oh my goodness! Hey, can we can we say this, Bry? Don't you think I now deserve to have them sign Braylon Edwards? Uh, yeah. Like, haven't I earned that? You have. I mean, come on,
3: <laughs> want, come on. You want Braylon back?
1: Oh, forget about it. I've been campaigning openly for or a month for Braylon.
2: He's put up uh, signs in the hallway. He's sticking leaflets in your locker. It's gotten
1: awkward between Braylon and I. I think I'm actually
3: Twitter blocked. He's got mysterious hands, said Braylon Edwards.
1: I love him so much. You like the beard. I do love the beard. No, you know what I like? That he he can block and he can get deep.
2: That's what I like. Tannenbaum kind of dismissed it, too, this morning. He did not. A little bit. What did he say? They brought it up, and he says, well, you know, yeah, he's, he's a guy that we've had before, but we're kind of, you know, we're focusing on the draft right now. It's nothing is uh, That's
1: imminent. not dismissing it. Nothing is How imminent.
2: How about what he said about Chaz Schillens?
1: If that doesn't tell you they're going to be brave, brave back, I don't know what does. What did he say about Chaz Shillings? He said he could catch an extra 100 balls, or he could be a special teamer. We don't know what we have in him yet. Chaz. Like.
2: Nice player. And we've had, I'm
1: back. Was why, Bri, Why wouldn't they? They 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 want to run the ball. It, it
2: makes and, oh, it makes so much sense, Steve. I agree with you.
1: And he's the best. He's one of the best blocking uh, wide receivers in the NFL. I would love it. You know, imagine him blocking for Tim Tebow. Oh my goodness! I just said it. <laughs> oh hey, uh, by the way, Bri, we're gonna go a little overtime here because the Wilpons. We're gonna how about that? We're gonna go there. That's just. Just touch it. Yeah. Like your your dad, you know, your dad at a little league when we used to play little league, you know. He used to say, like the big kids, all you got to do, just you don't have to
2: hit the ball easy. Just touch it. You don't have to kill it. Just touch it. And it'll go. He was a a regular Charlie Lau.
1: (laughs) You know what you never got out of uh, Ralph Calvey? You never got to show him where you live, ever. I guess not. No. He just, he, you never got that. He had more practical advice. For a fat kid like me, it was just, just touch it. Just put just put the
3: bat on the ball. It'll go. Chubby.
1: <laughs> Your father never.
3: Get off fat. Get off fat. Get off fat. <laughs> did he just say big, fat, big? I believe he did, Sire. Did he mean me? I think so.
1: Oh. Oh. Um, no. uh, the Wilpons are going to uh, continue to own the Mets forever and a day how do you honestly uh, uh, how do you really feel about it I hate it
2: I hate it with every every everything that I am every ounce of feeling in my body that's awfully negative let me tell you why they've had tons of money in the past and they don't know how to use it. They've proven that they don't know how to run a major league baseball franchise. So whether yep. their whether their their money problems go away or not, the fact that they don't know how to do anything baseball related will never go away. Yep. So that's why I, that's why I hate it. And and the the biggest reason I hate it was this all comes in the face of their arrogant defiance. They won. They uh, they walked around smug and defiant, and we'll show you, and we will be vindicated, and we're going to keep this team, and and don't worry about us going anywhere. And then they won, and it and it it just validated their entire attitude throughout this ordeal yep. for two years, and that is what I just. I cannot stomach, I can't I said this to uh
1: I forget who I was having this conversation with, but i uh I think oh it was on mess blog when I got into i uh i got into a discussion, I kept it very cool, I think I kept it very level headed I kept the amount of screaming down, but uh without a doubt, and i I left uh the mess blog discussion on very good terms. But, um, you know, talking with uh, some Wilpon supporters, and my point was uh, simply along the lines of what you're talking about, Bry, just because you spend money doesn't make you a good owner. The argument uh, from the Wilpon supporters has been well, they spent money uh, when they had it, you know? You have that I mean, they, out. they always spent on the team it's not even how that worked out or how that didn't work out. It's, that doesn't make you a good owner.
4: Right. That doesn't make you a good owner uh, because you the market, the market
1: that you exist in and the resources at your disposal. Okay. Let's not all, you know, let's not have Fred Wilpon breaking his arm, patting himself on the back for spending money in New York, with resources that twenty nine teams, their teams don't have, including starting his own network. Okay, and also, as we now know, getting fictitious returns from Bernie Madoff. So all that money that they were spending, they didn't actually have. Okay, not not that they apparently knew that they didn't have that money. But let's not let's he's in New York. So his payroll was $104 million. Big deal. You were making, you you were drawing 3.5 million fans. You have your own network. And you were getting 12% returns, which we found out were bogus, from Bernie Madoff, where you had all of your money tied up. So spending does not make you a good owner. You know what makes you a good owner? building a ballpark that's not a tribute to another team. (laughs) With a prominent featured characteristic that honors a player that never played for your team. So much so that when the Dodgers came to town the first time to play in City Field, they said they felt like they were playing a home game. They never, the Wilpons as sole owners, never do anything right the first time. Whether it's a press release, whether it's a logo, whether it's building a stadium, they never do anything right the first time. Apparently, we found out from Adam Rubin that they start whisper campaigns to smear players. Mm. They uh, try to sabotage players. They they uh, allow all their money to be tied up in one uh, situation, and they lie about it okay, spending money does not make them good owners. They have a PR guy who's 114 years old and botches the easiest press release. The easiest. Okay? The, the PR game has, has as we've said before on the show, it's not just passed him by, it's run around and pushed him down and laughed at him. <laughs> Spun him around and pushed him down the flight of stairs. They are truly When it comes to running that team, the gang who couldn't shoot straight, they do everything wrong. And I want owners who run the team with prestige and class and, oh, by the way, use the resources at their disposal to be competitive every year. Mm -hmm. It can be done. It can be done so i I don't kill them for uh, you know for spending on jason Bay or whatever i you know they hired a b- a baseball guy who wasn't the right guy for the job in Manaya or eventually you know they've been here ten years they've been to the playoffs once now they've been here thirty years, but they've been sole owners for ten years right, and they've been to the playoffs once. That's not good enough, and they haven't had a winning season in four. And the team is a laughing stock. That's not acceptable. Not acceptable in New York. Sorry, it's not. So, that's my two cents. The,
2: sto- the the story was that you know I forget who wrote it. I think Clapish wrote about it. The the Mets' memo, the Will was to you know hold on to the team at any cost. That was the most important thing. Now, the most important thing is not bringing the Mets back to prominence. The most important thing was holding on to the team.
1: And their legacy.
2: And their legacy. Well, their legacy sucks, quite no, frankly. No, it's, it's all about his legacy in New York
1: baseball, Bri. So that's all it's about for Fred Wilpon. Uh, that's all he gives That's all he gives a crap about. That's it. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about the Mets. He doesn't. Oh, how could you? I had somebody say, oh, how could you say that? How do you know that? Look, look at the evidence on the table. No, he does not care about the Mets. He cares about his legacy and his name in New York baseball. History, that's it. Fred Fred Wilpon owns an NL team. He doesn't own the Mets. And that's what he cares about. He owns the New York National League team. Because guess what? It used to be the Brooklyn Dodgers. And the San Francisco or the Giants, but... It used to be the Brooklyn Dodgers, the team he grew up rooting for
4: mm-hmm.
1: He owns the National League New York team, owning the Mets. he doesn't care. they could be anybody they could be they could be anybody and have any history oh and by the way, yeah, we've done it twice what if, do it again what have they the, done twice uh, he said uh his quote was oh my goodness i I got so upset." His quote was, uh, we're going to go back to, you know, we're going to win again. You know, we've done it twice in 50 years. Like, that's a point of pride. (laughs) And we're going to do it again. He was talking about winning World Series. Hey, Fred, were you around in 69? You, You didn't own the team. It's not like your family has owned the team since the 60s. How dare you lay claim to that? You know, I'm sorry to use a Michael Kayism here, but how dare you lay claim to the 1969 World Series? You had nothing to do with that. (laughs) (laughs) And you were the co-owner when they won in '86. I mean, talk about talk about you know between him and Jeff. I mean, Jeff, I can't talk about a guy who was born on third and thinks he hit a triple. My goodness. How did, how, you know, I said it the other day, Bright. His his big quali- his chief qualification for being the uh, president. Of- Who's this,
3: Jeff?
4: Yeah.
1: Apparently, his his greatest qualification for being president of the Mets and running the team is uh, his last name. That's I think that's about it. Clearly. Yeah. That's that's his chief qualification. He's uh, hi, I'm Will Pond. I'm here to run the team. <laughs> Are you
2: kidding? So tell me, what do you know about running a, a baseball team? I'm Jeff Wilpon. Hi.
1: Hi. I'm Jeff Wilpon. I'm Fred's well, son. I don't have a brain.
0: I am very proud to say that out loud. All it does is get in the way of my cat-like instincts.
1: <laughs> that is a perfect... Uh... That is a perfect one. I wish it, I wish it played better. Oh, this is this is the one we should have played for the Jets, by the way. This is Tannenbaum. For
3: I have a plan I do not have yet. <laughs> <laughs> that is them. I have a
1: plan I do not have yet. Uh, well, we'll talk more about the Mets next week for sure. Because baseballs, uh, we're gonna do like a baseball preview show next week, or what? No, it would have to be because the following week is Opening Day, two weeks from today, and we're gonna be there. We'll be there. We we're doing a show that night, right? Uh I'd love to. Oh, absolutely. Why not? Absolutely. All right, let's wrap this one up. Uh Let's uh let's bring back Pop Culture PJ for one second. I have to ask him one question. Uh PJ, if you would. please, if you would. Yeah.
3: Yes, my son.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that well, was.
3: What is it, my child? That's just me with the uh... So to gravitas.
1: You do have some gravitas there. I I was really hoping for more math
3: out.
1: <laughs> I, really, I I do a mean uh math out I do a mean Spacey doing math out reading for Obi Wan.
3: <laughs> you love that sketch.
1: <laughs> I do love that sketch so much.
3: Hey you know they took Gallagher out of his coma.
1: Sand people are easily startled.
3: <laughs>
1: but they'll soon be back, and in greater numbers.
3: <laughs> Forget about it, Gustafson?
2: Did you just say the Gallagher was out of his coma?
3: They woke him up. <laughs> they woke him up. He's he's, he's recovering.
2: Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> no, why was? It was being I thought I heard PJ say that.
1: <laughs> Too soon, man. Don't rag on Gal. Come on. take them? I'm not ragging on him. <laughs> Sand people, um PG, I wanted to ask you <clears throat> just to set up for next week. Uh Hunger Games. Have you read have you read these
3: books? No, sir.
1: Okay, no so any... but
3: also also take uh, take this. Uh, I also have not read a, a single Harry Potter book or seen a Harry Potter movie. I have I have gaps in the cultural liter- literacy of uh, of today.
1: Oh, we lost we lost him a little bit there. But he said he hasn't read a Harry Potter novel. Cal, have you read any Harry Potter novels?
2: I have not. But on the Hunger Games, let me tell you. Let me. I have not read them. My wife. Read them about two years ago.
1: Yeah, so did Teresa.
2: And has been obsessed with it since. Teaches it in class. Right. And is taking her class to an 11 o'clock showing tomorrow. Wow. It opens tomorrow? It opens tomorrow, and, and she's actually taking her class on a field trip to the movies to see the movie.
3: Wow. The buzz is that it is quite excellent. So I look forward to seeing it.
2: It's not for the buzz. Yeah, the
1: buzz is is good. Not for me either. Uh, But uh, Teresa, yeah, Teresa read it like a year and a half ago. She was sort of in early on it. Yeah. And uh, it may have even been on Allison's recommendation. Probably, because
2: Allison was in earlier than anyone... I yeah, read
1: anyone. Then, right, that's right. So it might have even been on Allison's recommendation like last summer or something like that.
2: And I've been hearing about it now for for 2 years and and quite frankly, you know, not giving anything away because the, you know, the books are out there so if you've read the book, you know what happens. Spoiler alert. Uh spoiler alert. I'm just not I cannot get into uh kids killing kids. <laughs> that's where you draw the line. I'm sorry. And and wow. sh- so so and the argument is always, that, well, but it's not. It's not graphic. The books are much more graphic than. than it has nothing. To, it has nothing to do about the graphic uh, nature of it. It's just the concept of 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 the story. So Lord of the Flies, you down. won't read Lord right. of the
3: Flies. I read Lord of the Flies. You won't watch The Good Son.
1: No. We had to read Lord of the Flies, though. We didn't have a choice.
3: Yeah, they forced it on us. But. Did you ever see a creepy movie from the 70s called The Other? The no, no. I've heard of it, but I'd never watch it. You're gonna to want to get on Netflix for that one.
2: Crazy. No, I'm too much.
1: <laughs> I'm too much of a wuss. I don't watch those movies. I really am. Whoa! What is happening to our sound? Yeah, Cal. Cal maybe you should play that.
3: It's it's all over. Oh, all right. It's all over.
1: Is that reverb? Things are too
3: loud tonight. <laughs> that is
1: reverb. <laughs> That's Eddie Grant, uh, Electric Avenue reverb.
3: <laughs> Out in the street,
1: we have a joke. We have a joke. Me and my buddy Jay about uh, about you know the recording session for Electric Avenue. Like a guy showed up at the door with like uh, like an order form. Like I got a, uh, a ton of reverb here for an Eddie Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, somebody ordered a, a, a ton of reverb. I mean, a ton. Is that what you got? And Eddie Grant being like, yeah, mom, bring it in, man. <laughs> it's just use it all, man. Like his engineer, like, dude, I can't believe how much reverb you
2: bought. I can't. What am I going to do with it? <laughs> put, put it on, man. Boy, <laughs> I,
3: I, I have got a boatload of reverb here for an E-Grant. <laughs> oh, piece on fire.
1: <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, I think he was singing uh, "Solid as a Rock." Like we were just joking around about that song. <laughs> we're like, uh, "I have a delivery here for Ash." No, I'm sorry, it's for Simpson. It's for Simpson.
2: <laughs> a lot of reverb. Uh, are you gonna need- Are you guys? Was <laughs> it? You guys gonna need that? Well, we might as well use it.
1: You brought it. Good job. <laughs> How many times have I told you, Eddie, you gotta run the reverb? You gotta run that by me, man. Because I, I can't <laughs> use all this. <laughs> Just put it on,
0: Mom!
1: Oi!
3: I gotta laugh <laughs> about that all night.
1: <laughs> Alright, that is all the time we have. Sorry about the technical difficulties, folks. We will uh, definitely be fixing that. Uh, so, actually, technically, this is really only like a two hour and ten minute show. What happened um, to the
3: beginning portion? Is it gone forever? No, we no, don't have that, but we had to...
1: It's a long story, I'll tell you. We'll fix it in post, PJ. That's your job. <laughs> Good luck
0: uh, with well, that. Uh,
1: so yeah. <laughs> I'll obviously <laughs> have to add more exit music as well. So, <laughs> uh, PJ, final loop. Uh
3: yeah. Yeah. Um, rest in peace to... Murray Lender Of Lender's Bagels We wow. lost them at age 81 They were a huge part Of my formative years I hope you're in heaven, Murray And if you're not, may they toast you Evenly on both sides
0: <laughs>
3: Alright, that's all the that time we have
1: uh, uh, Cal, do we even need to Put one my final unload is simply one word: shark sandwich.
3: No, uh, <laughs> it's it's Tebow,
1: Tebow, everybody, Tebow, Tebow, Cow. Oh dear, Tebow. Okay, Tebow.
3: Is it a blessing?
2: We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you next, Tebow.
1: <laughs> See you next, Tebow. I'm ready to ready to
2: Tebow. With Tebow and Tebow.
3: With Tebow and Tebow. And PJ. <laughs> everybody.